uh, Max Goof King. Hello, and welcome to Bryce and Ren 3 Director Video. <laughs> My name is Bryce Henderson, and one of the co-hosts of this podcast. With me as always to break down all things uh, tonight, which will be The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, uh, The Rehearsal Season 1, Episode 4, as well as Love Island Week 3. Are we on Week 3? Uh, week 2 or 3? Uh, definitely not 2. I think 3. You think I was three? three or four. Yeah, so I think three. All right, well, let's go with three. Is one run on Fantas, Ren? <laughs> How you doing? Uh, Bryce, I'm doing well. Can you can you please keep me saying uh, Max Goof King before the episode in the yeah. episode? Yeah, Thank that's you. fine. That's I think that would be an interesting way to yeah. start. Yeah, so that was a budget thing here, right? Is that they already had some recorded lines um, from the goofy movie that and they didn't want to have to pay for like anyone to come in and record new lines so everything that that was said in here was just the same you know just lines that they also could have used for uh goofy movie because in a goofy in a goofy movie one of goofy's original nicknames in the script was scar <laughs> yeah so you exactly. know kovu slash maxing stuff like uh Scar's not my dad, but uh, when he, when he was my dad and gave me half his genetic code, mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me, and I wanted to be like him. Yeah, which was it's sad that they cut that scene out of a goofy movie, but I'm glad that they still got to put to work the fantastic voice acting. Me so, too. Yeah, this, uh, this must have been a, an exciting decade for uh, Max Goof, <laughs> Max Goof's voice actor. Yeah, where where is he now? I don't think he's doing much. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, did Max from Goofy Movie ever make it into Kingdom Hearts? No, he still hasn't shown up. Wow, maybe Which that I think be... is a shame because I really want to see that version of Goofy have a son. Yeah, Goof, uh, Goofy Movie for uh, now Kingdom Hearts four. That could be really fun. Let's bring in Max Goof. Yes. Um, Let's give yeah, him or some Smash. Work. Max for uh, Max for Smash. They're gonna add one more DLC character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Max. Oof. Sakurai, we open on Sakurai. Uh, po- this is at the end of the Splatoon 3 Direct. Um, we open on Sakurai. We're a little bit confused. He explains that even though this is a Splatoon Direct, that there is one uh, other Nintendo announcement that he felt this would be an, an appropriate place to make. And that's when he explains that he sat down to watch a goofy movie with his um, family, which is just him. And uh, he really liked the film, and so as a result, he's going to put the star Max Goofimus into Smash. Goofimus. Yeah, that's his Goofy last name, Goofimus. right? Yeah. What's uh? What would be? Uh, let's bring it back to the Lion King too. What would be? Uh, so Timon and Pumbaa would be a good like duo. Would be a good Smash character. Yeah, they could. They could just be like a duck hunt duck hunt dog yeah and bird yeah would he and him would, a clone shadow yeah. and echo pumba would have like the fart that'd what be good uh, yeah the, he could have a fart yeah the fart uh, timon could have like uh, a dig he could dig underground yeah that'd be really cool a digging yeah all the sakurai had to go back and remake all of the maps because uh to incorporate a dig mechanic <laughs> for timon mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> From from uh, the Lion King two specifically, so yeah, 
Um, yeah, this was so general thoughts here, Ren. The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Yeah, I like this one. I, uh, compared to all the Disney Tunes sequels we have watched, this is far and away the best one. Like, oh, I think yeah. I think if you punched up the animation a bit, you could honestly release this in theaters. Like, yeah. obviously not as good as Lion King 1, but, you know, good enough. So, and I feel, I feel like I'm insane for going to this length to say this, Ren. The best, so, first of all, no, 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 no. The best thing about this movie was the music. Definitely. Which, uh, the story was, like, okay. It, like, played through some pretty predictable beats, um, in a way that was still kind of charming and, like, yeah. you know, interwove some nice character moments. Um, but, like, some of the music was phenom- not phenomenal, but pretty good. Yeah, the music is great, especially coming off, uh, you know, literally everything we've listened to except for a goofy movie. Yeah, I can't name a single song from Pocahontas 2. We watched it, like, last week. Can't name <laughs> a single like, one. There's, like, one major, like, difference that separates the Lion King 2's music from the other Disney tune songs. Yes, and it's yes. Energy. Uh-huh. Like, the actual songs in this one, you know, they have energy, everyone wants to be there. Visually, there's always a lot happening on screen. They act, they're actually making the most of their art direction. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, like, a bunch of negative space where characters just walk around yeah. and, like, quietly sing at each other. Yeah. Also, the instruments. The, just very good use of instruments that you, mm-hmm. like, unique instruments that we don't hear a lot in Disney songs. Yeah, when you say instruments, you're talking, you're not talking about Piccolo, right? The character Piccolo? From uh, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas? Yeah. Played by, played by Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. No. No, you're not talking about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, it was very lively. The singing, like, also had emotion. Yeah, it did. Like, there was actual, like, genuine feeling. Um, I liked the opening song a lot. The, like, he lives, me in, he lives in me. And it's from, I guess it's from the stage show. Yeah, it's from the Broadway uh, musical. Yeah, so it was kind of, it was taken from there and then uh, incorporated into this, but doesn't make it any, like, less good of a song. No, it's a great sequence. Yeah. Uh, and it also, like, it did but didn't feel like it was trying to be Circle of Life. Like, it, yeah. it like in the animation, like, what we were getting on screen, maybe a little bit, but off screen, not off screen, but, like, within the music itself, like, the music felt unique enough to not be like that. Yeah, it does. I uh, I really liked My Lullaby, the villain song. Um, and, like, these Disney Toon movies have mm-hmm. been pretty, like, their villain songs are pretty much t- always terrible. Yes. But this one's fun. This one has a fun energy. Well, so, Ren, I have a, I have a trivia about the song. Oh, really? Yeah. I looked, I, I was like, this music's enjoyable. I gotta l- look up and learn a little bit about it. So, I know, here's what, here's the thing. So you're listening to this. You're like, this is fun. This is pretty good. Um, and you want to know what else was pretty good? The Avengers also. So uh, that was directed by one Joss Whedon. And this song was written by one Joss Whedon. Wow. I can, uh, I can remove that from my trivia section. Oh, was it in your trivia? Yeah, it was. Oh. He received an Annie nomination for this. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. This was so because at this point in his, his career was this Buffy was he working on Buffy and then this and then he was yeah, like I wow think, I think he was working on Buffy already by now I'm a music yeah, this man was 98. I feel like Buffy was yeah. already happening 
I can make Dr. Horrible sing along blog. And then yeah, but you know, Buffy was like in season two at this point. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I was shocked to see his name on the list. He like Me him. too. I was really surprised. Yeah. Like what a random like person to just have written that Disney sequel song. He like does that though. He pops up in really weird spots. He's on um I wanna say he's on Toy Story as well. Really? Um he's like there's somewhere else weird that he pops up and I, it shocks me. Um that he's associated with it. Yeah. I don't I don't know Toy Story for a fact, but there it's yeah. I I'll, I can look at his profile while we chat. Um but yeah, so the music, I would say like the music's the headline. We got some Romeo and Juliet action. He wrote as, like, Toy the main story. story. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon. Yeah. And I think I, I think I know that we're hyping him up right now. I think that he's there's a, a question mark over him right now in Hollywood. There are, I don't know. There are I don't three know. other credited screenplay writers, but he's at the top. Yes. Which suggests he wrote either the I'm assuming the base of what like mm-hmm. or the most of it. Yeah. So yeah, I think um yes, probably. <laughs> I think underrated. Yeah, and like I was just there's I know there's there's question marks over his head in Hollywood right yeah. now. I don't know I don't know any details of that. Um, but yeah, some Joss Whedon stuff right there. Um, okay. And, but so what do you think about the story? I, I more or less agree with you. It's fine. Uh, characters I actually like, I like Kovu and Kiara a lot. Okay. Yeah. Of the Disney sequel leads, they're like the only ones who have been like, okay, yeah. If you, if you existed in the first movie, you know, you wouldn't be out of place. (laughs) Yeah. I think uh, Andy Dick Lion, uh, Sister yeah. Lion, and Zira are a bit more sequel-ish. Mm-hmm. I think Zira gets by thanks to a good performance from her actress. Yep. Uh, Andy Dick Lion and Sister Lion are just kind of there. I, I like was... that Andy Dick guys. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a highlight <laughs> for me too. They didn't they they didn't keep him alive. Sister Lion, um, she was. I felt like she came out of nowhere. Yeah, she's right? like she's like a little bit around at the beginning. Then they like try to make her like a, a parallel thing with Kiara. Yeah, at the end, they're the like, movie ends. yeah, they're like, do it, and she's like, I'm not going to. Like she's taking a big stand, and it's like, who is this? Who's taking a big stand? Like good for her, but who is this? I yeah. like the movie's trying to do a lot, and it doesn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's weird to me because like the scope feels bigger than the lion king one in the way they present it but it's really not well because we have the outlanders here yeah we have the you know, outlanders. there's the whole uh the whole savannah has been doubled in you know our knowledge of the world it goes so there were beyond. a bunch of evil lions that uh mm-hmm. i guess scar there were scars lions i think scar had a lot of babies yeah scar had a Which... lot of kids except yeah. for kovu Kovu's the only one who's not his son. <laughs> Which is the so convenient. The only one who looks like him exactly. Yep. Very convenient for to avoid the whole, you know, Disney having cousins, uh, you know, getting, you know, dating kind of game. So, like, the thing is, they wrote this movie with the understanding, the writer's understanding, that Kovu was Scar's son. And they only changed it during the production of the movie to add in those extra lines where he's like, no, my dad's not my dad. 
because Disney CEO Michael R. Eisner pointed out exactly what you're what you just pointed out. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. Because I was watching, I watched the last ten minutes with Jenna um, uh-huh. uh, earlier today, and she <laughs> she was like, "Wait, if that's Scar's like son or like grandson, they're related." And I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah." Um, that explains why they they went ahead and did that. Um, would you watch a Lion King three, uh, in which he looks for his real dad? Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah. They can go on like a road trip, like Simba, like you know, they just drop all pretense of this mm-hmm. being uh, an animal kingdom. Simba rents an RV. <laughs> go on a road trip. You know, he wears like a visor. Mm-hmm. They uh, go to the waterfalls or something. They take pictures. Yeah, well, I mean, Timon and Pumbaa frequent the House of Mouse, so. They gotta get there somehow. That's a good point. I bet yeah. they carpool. Yeah, I don't know if Simba, or Mufasa, if any of them ever make it there. Mufasa doesn't. Right? He's in the stars, but yeah, he died. He's in us. Yeah, he lives in you. Yeah. yeah um. What other, what other songs did we get? There was uh, there was like a cute one between the two of them. Right? Oh, uh, Inupendi. Well, that one was fine. That was Rafiki, right? Was there uh? Yeah. It was the one that we got beats of at the end. Um, oh, the one Kiara sings? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but I liked it. It was like when the tunes came back at the end, I was like, oh yeah, this was a good song when it happened the first time. It uh, Love Will Find A Way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. It's good. Um, Alright, and then uh, so let's uh, let's chat about, you know, this movie in order. Do you, do you want to? Do you have any other like trivia you want to throw out there? Yeah, I got a, I got a couple beats of trivia here. Okay, what do we got? So uh, in an earlier version, Simba was actually going to be killed by the Outlanders. It was not included in the film uh, <laughs> to avoid a similar tragedy from what happened to Muf- Mufasa in the first film. Yeah, I think it would have been played out. I, was... I what I feel like that's so bold. Like, like props to Lion King too for already trying to like go against the grain and not just copy its movie mm-hmm. like the other sequels have, but killing Simba—that's extreme. Yeah, I feel yeah. like the Lion King two team must have been like aware of the reputation their sequels had been, you know, building up. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, "Oh, we got to make this one good." But this, I mean, Studio Saver right here, so. Uh, what else? What other what other trivia? All right, let's see here. <clears throat> Originally, when Nuka died, who is Andy Dick, his last words were not "I'm sorry, mother, I tried," but "I'm sorry, mother, I tried." I guess I finally got your attention, didn't I? Oh, that would have been fine to keep. Yeah, that would have been fine to keep. Yeah. Another one, another interesting cut uh scene. Originally, when Zira dies. She said no, never, when Kiara offered her help and lets go of the rocks on purpose. Yeah. That's why that cut in the movie where she just falls is so awkward. That also would have been fine. I feel yeah. like both those would have would have fit the character well. Like, mind you, I like what they did with both of them. I love that the brother died. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would have been totally fine with, with her saying that line, but she falls into the river, which, by the way... They can swim. She gets hit by the log. Oh. 
Oh. But let's let's also talk about that for one second. We got two of the three most perilous things that can happen to you in one. Yeah. She's hanging yeah. off a cliff, and then she gets swooped away by a waterfall. Yes, and during your pendy, I was I took down notes as well that we were there were multiple waterfalls featured in that, but we never once actually saw them go over the waterfall. We were never in danger there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's my last bit of trivia. Okay. James Earl Jones recorded a scrap piece of dialogue where Mufasa's spirit would have visited Simba or Kiara, according to some sources, saying, you have let your family break apart, and in doing so, you have broken the circle of life. It's not entirely known why this was scrapped, but it was likely because it was too similar to the original film. Well, that's a bummer. That's an interesting beat to cut. Yeah. I feel like he would have said it to Simba, because Simba's going through a little bit of a racist phase in this one. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess so. Now that you mention it, I was seeing it more of just like the like Romeo and Juliet-esque, but yeah. But I mean, in the end, Simba lets them all into his house. Yeah, after, like after, after their leader's been know killed. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. One of the good ones. Yeah. But I also, I, I felt like at that point, like, it had gone from, like, a pack of them to, I feel like we only see five. Like, five of them go with, go with Simba. Five I don't know of the, the bad ones? Are. Yeah. I mean, they were all, like, hanging back. Someone will, like, go back to them and be like, hey, mm -hmm. the war ended. Uh, yeah. We're, we're on Team Simba now. Zira killed herself. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so, because the, the movie starts with He Lives in You, right? It's setting us up where we were last time. Um, where we're learning about, okay, we got, you know, Simba. Simba now has a daughter. Simba is with Nala still. Um, and she's, we start off with uh, Kiara as a, she's a cub. Which, it, it was fine. I, I don't feel like we needed to see too much of her as a cub, but it's important to get that, like, they met when they were young aspect, I guess. Yeah, they 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 need that plot point because otherwise the relationship just doesn't work later. Yeah, yeah. So they meet when and they're like, young. Like I agree with you, it's fine. You know, it's just kind of like there to you know we gotta we gotta establish things. It's also not like super long. It's not like the first movie where you know half of the film is kid Simba, then the second half is him as an adult. It's like Kiara is a kid for like fifteen minutes here, then the rest of the movie is her as an adult. Yeah, it doesn't drag too much. They don't they don't keep her. Uh, keep her young for a super long time. Um, and we get, like, Timon and Pumbaa, their role in this is the same thing pretty much throughout, but they're fun characters, at least. Yeah, they're fun. This is probably the best example of the uh, Disney Toon side character abuse we've seen. Especially because, because Kovu and Kiara are new characters who need so much time to, like, be established, develop, and, like, develop their own relationship. We, like, Timon and Pumbaa cannot steal the screen time that you know someone like the book the page and the pen and beauty and the beast would exactly like we weren't uh i felt like i unlike all the other side characters that have been shoved down our throats be them new or returning characters they were like used just right like just yep. appropriately enough so like um, not as funny as the first movie but no. not grating not annoying no, and, like, but they also stuck to their bit, right? So it's like, okay, we're after grubs, like, you know, Pumbaa makes some fart jokes. Uh, 
their buddies. Like it all worked. It all worked. The what do you think about the Outlands? That's a, a whole the new Outlands. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was it called in Lanky One? The Badlands. The no, the, it was, it's don't go to the Elephant Graveyard. Elephant Graveyard. Is that is that what he's just telling him not to go to? Just the Elephant well, Graveyard. Yeah, don't go beyond the light. Everything the light touches is ours. Yeah. So right, now we got now we got no. the Outlands. I guess this is like, this is on the other side. Yeah, because Mufasa only shows us one side. He does. <laughs> yeah, this is the other side. This is the Outlands where Scar's family and his un like his non family also live. All the gray tigers live out here. So it's they're asking a lot of us as an audience. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you just kind of have to accept. All right, Zira, who did not exist with her lion pack that uh, Scar supposedly had, but we never saw. And yeah. also used hyenas. Yeah, they're like the hyenas. Yeah, and so because these are these are like the reinforcements that never showed up, <laughs> that were never called in. This is uh, Scar's armada that was never called. This is what an armada is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So because the kids start playing, the kids meet and they're playing, and Simba, who somehow knows that they're there, um shows up we get a understanding that the families don't get along yeah yeah simba exiled them yeah simba exiles children to the outlands well okay i don't think he doesn't let them in <laughs> i don't think they were ever like in and then out i think they were just out uh scar the kovu was alive while scar was alive yeah. That means he was exiled by Simba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simba exiled a child. I guess so. Look, I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes you have to make hard decisions as a ruler. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is Simba's Game of Thrones moment. It's his Game of Thrones moment. He exiled a kid. You know what? It could have been mm-hmm. worse. He didn't kill a kid. Yeah. Is, uh, is what's-his-face? Is Kovu ever gonna take over, uh... The pride? Yeah, he like uh he gets to be king when Simba dies. He's yes. marrying into it. Isn't there is that the next uh Shakespeare play that they'll reenact? Macbeth, that'd be fun. Yeah, they'll do some Macbeth. He's gonna die. He's gonna get killed. What's the first Lion King based off of? A Hamlet. Yeah. I always think of eggs when I hear Hamlet. Eggs? Eggs. Yeah, it's like because it sounds like omelet. Oh, I get where you're coming from now. That's just what I always think of. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, all right. So, what else? What else happens here? There's um, like a Simba. Big. You know, he doesn't want Kovu to sleep in the cave. Yeah, yeah. So he's he makes him what sleep outside. Do you like the Simba Kovu tension? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't last long. No. Well, because Simba is pretty much told by everyone around him, like, give this act up. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so he does. He does give He's it a up. Tough guy. Yeah. Um, I love that, uh, Kovu, Kovu's sister, she thinks he's given up the plan, the, like, the moment he steps inside the cave. Yeah. Like, oh, Kovu's not going to murder Simba right here, right now, where everyone can see. Yeah. I guess he's betrayed us. He's over it. What yeah. a leap. I mean, she's right, but what a leap in logic. Yeah. 
Everything that we've worked for has led up to this moment, and he's not going to kill Simba in front of everyone. Because, like, what does that look like, right? So he kills Simba, and then it's just like, oh. Then he gets Simba's killed. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then nothing changes. Nothing. Yeah. I, I do like that Kovu's whole thing, because it's predictable, the whole, like, um, like, you, like, lied to me. Like, you were uh gonna betray us the whole time no i wasn't i was at first and then i wasn't like that's we've seen that a billion times aladdin um, yeah exactly yeah but this was um you talk about the king of thieves any it doesn't matter every aladdin that's always it he's just a liar you can't trust aladdin <laughs> you really can't um oh man yeah, but it it kind of worked here because I think if they made the characters like have a nice relationship, where so it was like I don't really care so much about the drama, but I do like it's so yeah. clear that Kovu is like a kind person or animal, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. do they do a genuinely good job at like making him an interesting contrast to Scar and mm -hmm. Simba as a main character. Yeah, like he has a interesting elements of both characters like he's not quite either mm -hmm. he, he, but he's also very unique yeah and he uh his relationship with Kiara like you said it's it's good I, I like their relationship it's the heart of the movie yeah it's, it's, it's really the only thing that truly works really well about the story yeah it's like believable uh I'm invested in it and yeah I'm happy they end up together it was good uh do you remember your first hunt? My first hunt, Bryce? Yeah. Uh, everything was fire. Oh, shoot. Uh, so were you never allowed to go out on a hunt by yourself ever again? No, so I had to starve. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Because um, what is the goal here? Because I feel like Simba... Like, Kiara doesn't seem to have any other, you know, romantic prospects within the Pride, so... Is the plan for her, which is fine, is the, but is do we think, is the plan for her to, to take over? Like, on her own? You know, Simba's still young at this whole politics thing. He's not thinking too far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, because then finally, like, when the suitor does show up, he's very... <laughs> not <laughs> not thrilled. <laughs> not happy. Um, you've, cha you've changed my outlook on this movie, Ren. Really? Yeah, because I was sitting here and I was like, yeah, not necessarily in a negative way, but just like, I was just like, oh, it's more Romeo and Juliet, you know, the two like feuding families. And then you're here and it's like, yeah, Simba's racist. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, no. And then I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. a different story when you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Is this so Max? We identified it's Max Goofikus, uh, yeah. who's in the body of the the lion here. But um, is that his singing voice when he sings? Is that him? Is that I after don't today? Think so. Yeah, I, I didn't know. think so either. Yeah. Let's see. Mm -hmm. While I'm looking this up, I think this movie kind of starts running out of steam for me near the end. It's a, a recurring theme of uh, all these movies. Yeah, and it's like maybe not even running out of steam, but I feel like um, like they're just going through the motions. Like, okay, we got to do this, got to do this. Um, the flood that kills the main antagonist 
Yeah, what is that? Like, we gotta we gotta do a little battle now. Yeah, we get like Pirates of the Caribbean music. We get a battle, and then they fall into a ravine. Disney tunes, the hits, <laughs> as you pointed out earlier. And then um, Kiara is like, "Look, uh, well, she is it her who says Simba? I thought that was off-putting. I thought um, it was Nala. Oh, it may have been. I knew it was like a female voice, so I was like, why does she just call her dad Simba? But okay, that makes more <laughs> sense. Um, but all of a sudden, it's like." look behind you it's the flood <laughs> there's just this giant wave of water in this ravine and in my mind i'm like what is this what is this the flood um, it's the opposite of the fire from the first movie yeah it rained a little bit but like is this you know is this, is this the something flood. We've been the, the flood about? they've been building up all yeah. film simba yeah. keeps talking about oh if it rains soon we're, gonna, we're bound to see a flood. The flood. The flood's gonna you know, happen. This area, you know, it always floods during mm. the rain, and it's very dangerous. It's also, it's a lot of water. Well, like, yeah, it's flooding. Yeah, I haven't been out in, like, you know, I haven't been out there for a while, but I can tell you that it's a lot of water. <laughs> it's a lot of water. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a producer's reference in there with Timon and uh, Pumbaa. Yeah. Yeah, they're fighting, and um, Tim, uh, Timon says to Pumbaa, says, uh, fat, fat, fatty McFatty, which uh, is a line from the producers, yeah, in which Max Bialystok, played by, um, Timon. Si- yeah, no, played by uh, the voice of Simba, but I can't Matthew think of his Broderick. name, Matthew Broderick, geez, says to Nathan Lane, Fat, fat, fatty, McFatty. So, um, Rent, what did you think about um when Timon and Pumbaa were like uh ch- changing up their motto from Akuna Matata to something else? No, I don't think it was needed. You don't think they it don't was need needed? A new motto. They never motto. needed a new motto. What's a motto with you? Hey, I think that's, that's their own that's joke. That's from the Lion King. Yeah, it's from the first movie. It is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the movie kind of just wraps up nicely. It ends, right? Um, just as we predicted, the couple's together. Simba's learned to no longer be a bigot. And, um, yeah, all is well in the pride. The brother is dead, by the way, as is yeah, Andy the Dick mom. Died. But who's Andy Dick? Why are you yeah, bigot? You Andy know who Dick Andy fan? Dick is? is? No, what is he? What is this? Bryce, I'm not going to tell you who Andy Dick is. I'm better off without him. Yeah, you don't have to know who Andy Dick is. I picture him as a human version of the Mad TV kid. Yeah, good enough. That works. Yeah. I don't know why I said Mad TV, but Mad, you know, Mad Magazine, like that kid. So, <laughs> picture him as an adult version of that. So, I, uh, um, I want to say one thing about this movie. Yeah, go for it. I felt like... They were really building up to a moment where Simba was going to be hanging off from the cliffs. You know, the big well, he fear had a dream. that he has. All movie. And, like, either Kiara would have to save him or Kovu would have to save them. Or, at the end, when Kiara was falling off the cliff, I thought, oh, well, obviously Simba's going to save her and it's going to, like, parallel the first movie. But she just gets up. And yeah. Simba also just got up. Yeah. Can uh, how do they hold hands? 
lions. Yeah. They uh they dig the sharp into each other's paws. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts, but that's you know that's life. That's, that's Hollywood, life. baby. <laughs> um. All right, Ren. Let's uh. Let me check how much time we got left on this. Okay, we got six fifty nine here. Do you want enough time for reviews? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Go go for it. All right. This is a ten out of ten review by Rolling Around Twenty Four. I think this movie was good, stupid haters. First of all, it was The Lion King's sequel. It has to be good. I have seen it, and it is good. Kovu is not Scar's son. He is his adopted son. The copied scenes, like when Kiara and Kovu loved each other, well, what else were they supposed to do? The same opening. That's the lion's way of presenting their newborn cub. The changed characters? Well, they aren't important to the story. The animation? It was made a long time after the original. The repeated cliff scene? It's all they could think of. The actors? Who cares about the actors? It's a freaking kids movie. It's not meant for adults to watch. You adults are really stupid when you care about stuff that the kids don't care about. So start thinking of things the kids would care about. 10 out of 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> This is a good movie. Uh, <laughs> as as you once said in a filmed um, improv monologue, uh, you will sit in, uh, sit in those seats. You will clap. Uh, no, what is it? it is uh, you will sit. Uh, you will sit in those seats. You will watch. You will cry. You will laugh. And then when it is over, you will stand up and you will clap and you will <laughs> cheer. That's what it was. I That's what this that. is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Five out of ten review by a Videosaraptor. Disappointing, but not unbearable. The first Lion King has been my favorite movie since I saw it in theaters when I was four or five. I've never gotten bored of it in any aspect. The music, the characters, etc. Simba's Pride came out when I was about eight. I loved it to death at the time, and even my parents liked the music. However, as I watch it again from a 16-year-old perspective, the Lion King 2 really does fall short. The songs remain good, and I enjoyed the new the new characters, especially the Kovu. I think plot had potential, but is somewhat cliche in that it is modeled after the overused Romeo and Juliet story. One thing that really bothers me, however, are the plot holes. Unlike everyone else, I don't care all too much about Zazu's voice actor, although it would have been better if he stuck around. However, the inaccuracies, such as Kiara's design versus design of the cub at the end of The Lion King, peeve me. I also think they should have included at least some music from the original, such as This Land, for example, just to make it plug into the first better. Also, The Outsiders. Where were they in the first movie? They obviously had to invent it for the purpose of The Lion King 2's plot, but I would have liked Simba to give some kind of explanation as to why they were banished. Or if they were a flashback to explain this with more, much more detail. I think that the plot's biggest flaw, however, is that it is forced to develop too quickly. The first conflict between Zira and Simba is the biggest mess-up. They should have taken at least two scenes to explain all of that stuff, or they should have slowed down the pace a little bit. Overall, the characters are good, the songs are good, but it is lacking everything else. It is worth watching, especially if you are a fan of the first but nothing to get excited over. Nothing to excited? get excited over. 
I mean, I wasn't thrilled to watch it, but I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Here's our uh, one out of ten. Okay. Awful by Blanche Blake. The Lion King is a great film, and the whole family was keen when I rented Simba's Pride. We thought this could match the first, but we were wrong. The story was so predictable, and instead of develop the father-daughter concept, the crew choose to develop the dull and typical authority-father-rebel teen thing. Simba's character was completely changed. Nala's too. Simba was carefree, funny, spirited, gentle, and was changed into a mean and authoritarian dictator who does not know anything about love. Nala was strong, disobedient, loyal, provocative, and was changed into the typical quiet, calm mother who is blindly loyal to her husband and doesn't say nothing at all. Her character is useless in the film. Their love doesn't exist. Their daughter's stupid, spoiled, and just cares about herself. Her love scenes with that idiot are just a cheap copy of her parents' beautiful and innocent love scenes from the first film. The design and sets are so poor. Nala seems to be wearing contacts and Simba turned fat and orange. Timon and Pumbaa are not funny in this. Some actors had been replaced. The soundtrack is awful. Hans Zimmer is not in this. And the songs are just a copy of the ones from the previous film. And bad copy. Elton and Tim are missing. The whole story is just a bad try to imitate the first. There is a fire, a big fight at the end, a stampede, same dialogue, same scenes, even Kiara saying, ew, gross, to grubs, just like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Some aspects aren't clarified, and I hope they don't make a follow-up to this with the stupid Kiara who disrespects her own parents and don't has punishment. This film is pathetic, and a way of stealing money from Disney fans' pockets and just a waste of time. Disney should be ashamed. Nala got fat 0 out of 10. Okay, speaking of Nala got fat 0 out of 10, um, in my opinion, if uh, Chaz goes home tonight, it's going to be a 0 out of 10. Do you think uh, Chaz is going home tonight? Uh, probably. I think it'll I think, be. I think Chaz is running on fumes right now. Yeah, I, I think he's tired. I think Chaz is going home, and I think the new girl, um, that isn't Cat, is going home. Naja. Naja. Yeah. I could see Maddie going home. I could see it too, but um, she's just looking for love, and she's trying. It's not that she's not trying. Is she Bryce? Is she trying? You know, I just kind of feel like other people on the island have been putting in more effort than she has. Yeah. Like, why did we even keep Maddie and let my sister go? Yeah. Sorry, let Chaz's sister go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. How bold of him, right? It was wicked bold. Yeah. Why did Like you really are gonna start talking about your sister who they all agreed to vote off? Yeah. I I think the funniest thing about Chaz is that he's like, hey, like, why talk about my sister? Or like, Mm. when he he, like went to Timmy and was like, don't two-time my sister, then he's like, oh, yeah, man, thanks. We're cool. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, so this week was my least favorite one yet. Mm. Really? Oh, yeah. This is my favorite. Yeah, I felt like I didn't get a lot of Jesse. I felt like I didn't get a lot of Timmy (laughs) Swerve. And Bryce, we are we are instead, firmly in the Isaiah arc. Yeah, I was gonna say, and instead I was stuck with this pointless, going nowhere Isaiah and Sydney fake drama. It wasn't even real drama because he was never gonna do anything. But it, the show just was like, this is drama. This is drama. But did it, there wasn't anything. He wasn't gonna do anything. I think he will. I think if he gets, a, I think if he gets into Kaza more, he will. 
I hope so, because I am... They're toxic. You know that, right? Bryce, they're all toxic. This is the name <laughs> of the game. I'm confused. No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? I don't no. think... I Timmy? don't think anyone's Timmy? like a... You, you, you think Zeta? <laughs> to me and Zeta, meant to be. Jesse and Deb, no flaws. Jess, uh, Bryce, Isaiah what, what and... Win? Like, phoniest? Least genuine? Which was, okay, I think rigged. You think it was rigged? Uh, they got obliterated, and I am livid. Well, J- Jesse, it's not like Jesse had a good start. No, but it's, like, we're two weeks in. Like, it's, we're over that. They're but, the... like, that, oh, that, the, the first impressions follow the originals. Oh my gosh. They I also, them. like, I hate the originals, but then I hate the new people. <laughs> so it's, like, who do I got left? I got Courtney and Bryce, and they're also fake drama. We're about to get 12 new people. Is that what happens tonight? In Casa Amor, yeah. Perfect. What what they what they're gonna do is they're gonna split up half the people at the island, I'm pretty sure. Okay. They're gonna go to Casa Amor. Then the twelve new bombshells are gonna come and yeah. basically tempt them into, you know, breaking their couples. Yeah, I love it. So I... like but that's 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 why I also like this week. Because this is like the build up. Like Isaiah and Sydney, like nothing's happening. I'm glad nothing happened this week. Because if they send Isaiah to Casa Amor this week yeah and something happens it's gonna be explosive so it's about like the couples that are weak going into this are gonna crumble yes they're gonna completely fall apart yeah so like courtney and bryce that'll be done like she she's created tension that i don't think was there yeah so i think if he gets sent to casa more actually even, hold on wait ren ren before you say anything is 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 nicole there yeah, Nicole's here to listen to this. So okay, I just I just want to make sure that there's <laughs> that there's a third person present. Yeah, there, there's always a third party involved when I speak with you, Bryce. Okay, good. <laughs> but I love Bryce's immediate why aren't we having this conversation alone? Yeah. Like, yeah, fair man. <laughs> um and just the way she like she still kills me in the way she like talks and presents things. Where it's like everything she says is a question (laughs) like she's not sure about anything uh because just the way she talks is that inflection at the end i guess i really like bryce yeah um yeah so like so you are here for the sydney and isaiah stuff Mm -hmm. okay yeah i thought that was fun not fun fine um i uh I think it's funny mm-hmm. how immediately like sad Naja is about it. Oh my god! See, she so was, she's like, sobbing after she their needs day. To go. Like she's she likes done. him so much because uh, what what did he make her? Is nothing I, I like brunch challenge. He, right? She came in, yeah. She came in with her eyes on him, and he's like, "Thanks, but no thanks." And she's like, "I'm just crushed that he won't even give me a chance because she's so overprotective." And like well, he said, he was interested to her. Yeah. And then it was only Sydney eyeing him that pulled him back. Yeah. So I think if they do separate the two, he he'll break. Yeah. He won't. He won't stay faithful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so good, man! I'm yeah. so excited. So, because Isaiah's uh, so there's that. Yeah, Zeta and Timmy. Um, Timmy I'm... will definitely cheat if he gets sent to Cosmo more. <laughs> He's gonna swerve all over that place. <laughs> He's so funny. Him. What about Jesse and Deb? Deb deserves someone better than Jesse. 
I think if Deb gets sent, she'll cheat. Is if Jesse gets sent, I think he'll try to play it. Is cool. Deb on her own a fan favorite? I think Deb on her own is a fan favorite. Yes. And so people like her so much that they don't like Jesse because it's a bad pair. I I could see her splitting from Jesse. And we're all, you know, we're already kind of seeing like some of the original relationships break apart because Sydney and Isaiah, they had that conversation, I think it was uh yesterday, mm-hmm. about how their relationship is kind of like you know, they they've kind of reached the end point. They don't have anything else to talk about anymore. Yeah. They got nothing else. Nothing. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, but it's super telling that Zeta and Timmy and Isaiah and Sydney were in the top, like, for the people that are safe going into tonight. So yes, I think those couples will definitely be split. So we actually get Casa more tonight, or is it like the prep and then because this that's the thing that also pisses me off is they're like tonight. Yeah, so, and like then literally anger right before it happens. Yeah, yeah, they were like tonight. Someone's going home, and then it's someone's about to go home tomorrow I, night I on actually, Love Island. I actually don't know if we're gonna see Kazamore just the prep. I'm assuming tonight we'll see who's gonna go. Yeah, like if nothing else, like the we'll mm-hmm. get everyone split up to go. Yeah, also, but also it's like a bonus episode in the week, so I'm assuming there must be. Oh, is there? Do yeah. we get it? Do we get it tomorrow? Uh, oh, it's Monday, so we're not supposed to have it. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Um, well, I'm, I'm hopeful that this extra day will add a yeah. bit more wheat, meat to the Casa more stuff. Yeah. Um, Jeff, he's fine. He's fun. He's like everyone's friend. Jeff is like I, I don't like think really, like likes him romantically. No, I was gonna say I really like Jeff's seduction att- like attempts. Where he's just like, he's like, damn, you are the finest thing I've ever looked at. Like, you're the only girl that I'm ever going to see ever in my life. Like, you're it. And then the girl is like, swooned for 10 seconds and then like, over it. Then they're like, do you have anything else to say? And he's like, no. I love how he was the only one laughing during the awards game. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Naja had to keep being like, stop laughing. Like, stop. (laughs) He's like, just he can't hold himself back. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, any other just excited about more Love Island? I am. I'm excited about more Love Island. I'm excited for some more. Yeah. Um. All right, Ren. The rehearsal. What an outstanding episode! It was so good. It was right, like the rehearsal has defied all my expectations. So. This, I I did not think that this episode was very funny. I thought that it was very very good. Like, I I th- I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I I, I feel like a, I thought I thought the deeper I thought I found it very poignant. Yeah, I generally find everything like pretty much everything Nathan's been doing since uh the smokers only yeah bit from Nathan for you. I've found very poignant, and I've seen a lot of like pathos in it. Mm-hmm. it's definitely here this there's definitely a lot of like just underlying real human emotion here yeah kind of analyzing the psyche what it means to kind of be mm-hmm. plus the whole just breaking down the framing of the rehearsal is amazing well so okay so my but, like the deeper you go the funnier it is yeah yeah well so and i think that this episode was the the final piece that I need to say that what we are watching is a rehearsal for the show, the rehearsal. (laughs) Like 
I, I, I am genuine and serious that I believe that the Angela that we've seen on screen thus far is not Angela, but an actress playing Angela. That would um, be a great twist and, for the rehearsal. And I know that there's elements of like, okay, well, what about social media and stuff? And it's like, I think that that, that is incorporated as, as well. Yeah. I, I, I believe I'm all in on the theory that we are watching um, a couple layers back of what the real world is. I wouldn't um, doubt there is like another layer, especially on the production side that we aren't going to be aware of until the very end. Yeah. Cause that was the case with finding Francis too, with, uh, what's her name? Brandy. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, escort that Nathan like spends time with for most of the episode. Yeah. Like we're, we're given the impression that she's a real person until the end. Mm-hmm. when like, he kind of like gives you that wink to the audience where it's like this, you know, might not necessarily be real what's happening here yes yeah so i could see that happening uh yeah. i you know if it happens i think it'd be really interesting i'm definitely curious to see what the you know what else there's gonna be because every single episode mm-hmm. has basically radically you know redefined Change. what a rehearsal episode is yeah yeah and it like makes me one we had like the uh you know the core Mm-hmm. The, introducing us the concept what we thought would be every episode yes so two introduces the angela thing which makes it seem like that'll be the rest of the show mm-hmm. episode three does a nathan for you thing where it's like half one bit half another yep juggling multiple things at once and then this is just a complete deconstruction of what the rehearsal is uh-huh structurally and functionally it's yeah. it's amazing yeah it's so um it's like brilliant and then the uh the detail which some have noticed some have not of of course of the um Asai guy being the EMT uh worker at the end of the episode yeah um like all all of it is so so clever and so i think i i am all in on like my theory of either what we're watching is a rehearsal of the rehearsal um at least in the stuff with Angela mm-hmm. or um, I like there's, there's some met like big meta concept that's going to yeah. take that's, that is happening here. Um, and I don't, I don't quite know what it is, but that's where I'm planting, planting my things now is that this is the rehearsal. Yeah. So um, I, yeah. I, one, like a uh, one, one really small like moment I liked in this episode Mm-hmm. Was uh when Nathan gets the keys to uh, what's his name? He gets the keys to the guy he's in person. Uh, I don't know, Thomas, Tom or something. Yeah, and yep. like he just goes into his room. Like there's just like a it, it's just such it's All so the plushes? In someone's bedroom like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it felt like I was seeing something I shouldn't have been seeing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and he just adopts that life and. Um, and then I loved what I've really liked about it. And so like that part, that was like, okay, this is getting insane. But then we see it loop to the point where Nathan as him, as Tom or whatever is being, uh, is being introduced to his new living environment with the like two layers deep of actor roommates. (laughs) Like it's just pure insanity. And it's truly like, it like the whole like world of pure imagination from the first episode is like the heart of this show i feel yeah it's just like come with me on this like wild 
like adventure it's gonna be a journey you're not gonna know where it's gonna end you're not gonna know all the turns and dips and dives we're gonna take but trust me you're gonna love it um like and i'm strapped in and i am uh going ahead cautiously but at this like with nothing but love for, I think for what it is the craziest thing about this episode too is that it's not even just about that there's also adam yeah who was like an insanely good actor yeah like um, his uh, <laughs> his look who decided to show up floored mm-hmm. me yeah hysterical I, but everything mm-hmm. after that like he really channeled that uh mm-hmm. my dad was gone for nine years vibe yeah i used the uh what is it like your uh you're a fucking uh disaster my guy yeah uh i used that earlier today uh in a conversation with jenna because it was just so great mm-hmm. Or my, is it my guy or my dude? It's I don't my know guy. It my guy. Oh, man. Um, and, yeah. And even, like, Angela's so, like, she's so interesting, too, as a character who, like, is here but yeah. isn't in the way that I feel like Nathan was trying to get her to be, like, more present of a parent. I love when through, Adam's through having it. an overdose and she's <laughs> dancing to her music in the other room. Yeah. Yeah, what a it was great cut. It was chilling, to be honest. Um, like I, you know, I have kind of like a like I have a, a personal like mm-hmm. connection to that. So like, for me, like I was watching that scene and I like I did start to tear up. Um, because it was just like it felt so raw and un, I don't know, unreal. Nathan's um, part of it was intense. Yeah, he, yeah. he's gotten better at acting. Mm-hmm yeah um and but then i also so it's interesting to me how so many people are viewing this show and so many like in such different perspectives because then i i see others were like that scene was hysterical and i couldn't Mm. stop laughing and it's like um like it's interesting to me because i feel like uh tv shows good shows kind of like make us to me like i like being made to feel uncomfortable um by certain shows because it's like that's i i I like that element of comedy and stuff but it's interesting that like this is one of the first times where one of those moments has not hit me in a way of like i see the comedic value in this but rather like this is purely uncomfortable and raw and real um i think that's an element of all of nathan's work though where like yeah like his more recent work where it kind of where it kind of doubles as like funny or sad depending on mm-hmm. what your perspective is like at the time because like yeah. i could see like myself watching you know finding francis in the right mood and just finding it hilarious from top to bottom mm-hmm. but you know if i watch it in a different mood if i'm feeling a bit more somber then it yeah. becomes a bit more sad a bit more poignant yeah um, and i think that's what makes his stuff so profound and interesting to watch it kind of yeah. it, it touches like the human experience in a very encompassing way you know it's mm-hmm. not just one thing it's all of it yeah, and like I found the first and the third episodes to be really, really funny, mm-hmm. uh, and then I found the second and the fourth episodes to be really like thought provoking. Um, yeah. So we got what two episodes left? Is there only yeah, six? only two? Wow, but these have been amazing episodes. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's been amazing. And the thing is, is like it doesn't feel like a show that is gonna get a season two. Like, a, not no. is gonna get, but like, well, <laughs> who knows with Discovery and everything. But like it's a show that I, I it doesn't feel like it is a, a two season show like this is like a one-off massive project but i could definitely see this being a one-off yeah yeah 
Oh, man. Well, uh, let's rate The Lion King 2. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Let's get I, back uh, into that. It's better than all the movies we've seen so far, except a Goofy movie. Yep. By, like, a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I want to rate it. <laughs> I am sitting in the... I'm, I, I don't know. I'm in. I'm somewhere between a seven and a nine. Seven and a nine. Yeah, like, I like on the Disney Tune scale. I yeah. don't think we're gonna see anything better than this. I feel like it deserves the nine just on principle. Yeah, this was the last breath of life. Yes. Yeah. More than more than likely. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, this is like probably like eight eight point five territory for me. I, I'm yeah. gonna go with an eight point five. Eight point five. Yeah. You know what? I yeah. think I'll also go with an eight point five. Yeah, I feel like me personally, it's more of an eight, but I want to give it the nine out of respect, so I'll go with an eight point five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're going back to Christmas next week with Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. You you've seen this one? You like this one? I've seen this. Not that bad. Okay. Not that bad. It's pretty cute. Um, so... I think I've seen like one of the shorts in this. Yeah. There are three of them. Yeah, and I think it's. I think overall the movie is short too. I think it's, it's like a forty-one uh, minute runtime. Sixty-six. That's far longer than I would, I would think. Maybe I fall asleep for some of it, but then we got uh, four little stories here. Donald mm-hmm. Duck stuck yeah. on Christmas, mm-hmm. a very goofy Christmas. Mickey and Minnie's gift of the Magi. That's one I've seen. Yeah. And finale. Oh. Well, should be good. I we'll hope to do some Christmas in August next week. So, all right, folks. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I hope you all take care and have a good rest of your day. I'll see you at the Outlands. Bye, everyone. Bye.